Good morning, everybody. Afternoon. Whatever time. Hello. Whatever time it is that it is that you're listening. Good morning, Tessa. (laughs) Any other kiddos that are listening with mom and dad? I know we got a message yesterday that was saying that uh, the kids are doing the Bible study with them, too, and that's so cute. Do you know that Lily watches my biblical womanhood Bible studies? Does she really? Yeah, she. Um, I, well, yeah, I know. She, she did say something about that the other day. Yeah, she watches them on her phone. And then, um, yeah, we'll come and like talk to me about it, which I think is kind of cute. Yeah, so it's it's cool that we got the kids doing it. Obviously, these are this is more of like a an adult-based teaching, but we are. Ex- this is what we do with our, our kids, mm-hmm. and we treat our kids. I mean, we teach them scripture. They, they know these things. We don't hold any punches. We don't. Um, you know, do any Sunday school coloring books. They, yep, no. we, t- we teach them, and this is part of uh, their daily routine in life. So, because it makes such a difference. This is so huge. We should be totally open with our kids through this stuff, you know, just like we are. Sure. So that's why we do it, and we definitely encourage. Um, you all to do as well i know obviously we have majority homeschool families and That's your bible-based homeschool <laughs> yeah it's, it's, i mean it's a bible-based curriculum yeah strictly bible-based so um you know giving them that that good solid foundation but if you're new we've had a huge welcome we've had a huge influx of new people that have done the bible studies that have come by the channel and everything it's That's been awesome. kind of excited it's to been have awesome you all. yeah it's been surprising i mean it's um if you're if you're new around we don't we've never tried to be we don't want to be anything big that's not our goal nope we could care it's less about, about us. <laughs> we did. We could care less about numbers. We could care less about the fancy equipment. I could care less that this is just talking in a microphone to YouTube. It it does not matter to us. Um, if if you knew, we are our lives are out there, very public. Our testimony is out there. Um, you can read and you can know that this is uh, this is definitely not something that we we take lightly or or mess around with or any or, or trying to to sell on anybody or trying to do with anything so we're definitely a unique family in that way and we're just in, attempting to encourage more people and to to uh step out in faith uh like we had because it's just been such an amazing journey and experience for us that we definitely wanted to share that and share support in our ministry to anybody who is feeling called to head in this direction, in the Absolutely. direction of of getting just back to biblical, just basics. Yeah. And our foundational truth that we have on those. So that's what the goal is. I never, me, myself, I never intended to be a pastor, a teacher, anything. It kind of felt. God said, ha ha. God said, well, I have something (laughs) different and a different path that I want you to take. You guys, you can go pull Um, up his whole testimony. Yeah, I was just going to say, go pull up the testimony. You can pull up our raw interview we did with a good friend. It's literally put everything out there. Everything is public. And the reason why I'm, I'm having such a long intro to this, too, is these... 
this is we're going over Thessalonians three, four, and um, possibly five. We'll see where time <laughs> takes us. But we're going over three and four, and there's there's a couple things in here that um, that I want everybody to understand Absolutely. about this. Um, so y- you'll find that this is necessary. That I told you all that. But if you if you're new. Um, just go back. I encourage you to look up uh, our story, our testimony, and just see what we're all about. Absolutely. So, but we thank you for all of the support that we have gotten. I thank you for the messages that I've gotten personally. Yep. Um, everybody that is engaging and 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 just having a good time with these things. So, I appreciate it. Before we start. As always, pause this, stop this, whatever, and go to God in prayer. Pray that he speaks to you through his word. Pray that he is able to use me to help you in some way with anything. And if if there's anything that I can do, obviously, afterwards, feel free to message us. But first, go ahead take a minute to pray and then we'll get started and of course if there's anything at all literally that we can do if you guys go to aphomechurch.com everything about all the things it's all on there so reach out to us and we're happy to help and serve in any way i offer brandon all the time but you guys he's a great counselor he really 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 is so if you need anything reach out to him yeah and um again i want to uh encourage you to if you haven't listened to uh the first thessalonians that we did one and two um go back and listen to it you might stumble upon we've we've gone over this a bunch of different times but uh recently have wanted to go back over thessalonians again so but this this series here you want to go back to the one that we put out yesterday or i guess it was the day before yesterday now and uh thessalonians one and two before we start this one and again, I know it might be kind of off-putting and kind of funny sounding because I know a lot of people are used to uh, a teacher praying on, you know, before they start a Bible, which sure. I have and I do. Um, but as far as publicly praying on on a podcast here, and I am praying for you, but I want you all to not listen to anything that I'm saying. We can get caught up too many times in these lofty words that the that teachers just go on and on and on about i'm not saying that every teacher you know prays horribly there's beautiful prayers and i and there's nothing wrong with that i don't want anybody to to think that either uh but as far as me and the way that i the way that i do things i really encourage people to to have their their own quiet private time with the lord and it's just so important that you put your focus on him and not me and not anything that I am saying, just put your focus on him and ask that that he speaks to you. Um, and I just, I, I feel that a lot of times we just get caught up in, in, in looking at this person, especially when they're praying and we're like, you know, we, 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 we kind of it subconsciously don't even think about our own personal selves. And that's, and that doesn't go to everybody. Sure. But that's just the way that that I do things, and and that's concerning to me. So, and I do want everybody to 
to have their own their own time in prayer on this. So yeah. that's why. So I'll keep quit running my mouth and start in verse one here in chapter <laughs> three in Thessalonians. We do New Living Translation here on this. So all right. So uh, Paul leading into chapter three here is giving his um, his thanks to the Thessaloniki church here. This is one of these churches that most of Paul's letters kind of dealt with a lot of uh, a lot of false teachings and a lot of um, you know they they were pretty harsh. But this letter, this to the Thessalonian church here, he was it, this this church pleased him. Their faith was very very strong um, when he was with them and when he planted the church, and their works were were proving it. But they were kind of be, becoming concerned with a couple things. He it had been a long time since Paul had visited him, so he was Paul was getting nervous that everything that he taught them was going to be just out the window with all these other influences. We're talking about a, a world that, that there's every different doctrine right at your fingertips. That This is really the beginning of, uh, as somebody mentioned in a comment the other day, just many, many gods and many, you know, time of many different beliefs. So Paul was nervous in this time that in this flock here that he and he and built in Thessaloniki that they were going to... Um, you know, become nervous at, at the fact that, oh, he's not going to come back again. Maybe everything that he taught us wasn't, you know, maybe he didn't really care. Maybe he didn't really. And could you imagine just this time of going and putting all of this work and all, I mean, just serious, serious work with, I mean, the salvation of souls and, and then to have no, I mean, now look how antsy we get when somebody doesn't respond to a text message. Sure. They don't answer our first call. They don't, they haven't posted on Facebook for a couple of days or something. We're like, Oh my gosh, is everything okay? You know what I mean? Like, it just seems like we look at in, in our ministry and examples we've had where people have come to us and it's like, we're, we're talking with them and counseling and praying and doing all this stuff. And then like to get those updates and, and checking in on them and all this stuff. Like, so to be in this situation where he is so far removed and can't just get an answer, can't right, just know, like, right. I can't imagine the torment, well, you know, the, and the it other makes thing sense, to, the things he The says. other thing to add to this torment is the fact that this was a time of extreme persecution for Christians. I oh, mean, absolutely. Extreme. absolutely. Not yes. that there's really ever been a, a, a lighter time of it, but. Um, you know, this Roman was, candles in the water. Well, I mean, yeah, that, I mean, we, we don't out. necessarily have have Christians lighting up um, the, you know, walkways in Rome anymore. But um, it it was a time that this persecution was at its highest. And that as a teacher, I really can understand Paul's, I, I understand, this is where I learn. This is where I, I you know, I, I, I view Paul as, as obviously a mentor in teaching ways, you know, because he was, you could tell he's so concerned that all of this faith that he brought them and that they had and everything was going to be tested through this time of extreme persecution. And as a teacher, you're like, man, I know you're going to go through these hard times. Some of you might lose your children. Some of you might lose your spouse. Some of you might be put, you know, some of these, I mean, you could be put out of your house. You could be whatever it is, you know, and, and tortured strictly for your faith in Christ. And he was just going nuts, going, man, I, you know, I pray that you make it through these. I'm, I'm so 
worried that that you guys aren't don't have enough strength. I want you to have enough strength. And you know, I definitely can can understand that. So that's where we're we're getting into here. So jumping into verse one, he shows it here. Finally, when we could stand it no longer, we decided to stay alone in Athens, and we sent Timothy to visit you. He is our brother and God's co-worker in proclaiming the good news in Christ. We sent him to strengthen you, to encourage you in your faith, and to keep you from being shaken by the troubles you were going through. But you know that we are destined for such troubles. Notice how Paul says there that when we could, I could stand it no longer. He's like, okay, I can't take it anymore. I have to know that they're okay. I have to know that my flock is okay and, and that everything that they're going through that they please i we know that you're destined for these troubles we know these things are going to happen just like us in our christian lives and and just like for each and every single one of the the people that in in our church and even you know anybody listening um you know that would be considered in the flight it would understand that these things are, are definitely definitely difficult and they are um um, you know they're on the heart of a teacher at all times because knowing and, and you can see that in christ's teaching too just knowing that we're going to have to face these things um, and, and just praying and giving us the strength to be able to face these things is just on the top of his mind um then you know he was he was concerned here in verse four we'll we'll continue on even while we were with you we warned you that troubles would soon come and they did as you all know that is why when i could bear it no longer i sent timothy to find out whether your faith was still strong i was afraid that the tempter had gotten the best of you and that our work had been useless it sounded like I just repeated that same part when he said that he couldn't stand it any longer, but he says it again. He says, my goodness, I, I, I couldn't bear it personally any longer, so I had to send Timothy to you to find out whether your faith was still strong because I was afraid that Satan had gotten the best of you and that his labor and his teachings and these time that he spent with them was useless i hope you're not falling away and losing now i had i had he's not concerned here that they were losing their faith this is not a concern of i was concerned that you were going to walk away from the faith and you weren't going to believe in christ anymore no, this is a concern of remaining strong in your faith. As Christians, we can be defeated. And we can let these things drag us down ultimately to the point of the to where these things can cause death, where these things can do these things. This is what Paul is worried about. Of course, there's some some believers in this congregation, I'm sure, that weren't really believers, or some claiming believers that weren't really believers at all. But for the most part, he, he was worried that that everything that he had put into them to give them the endurance to be able to to the message that the the encouragement he was afraid that he did not give them enough of this and that they were going to be crushed by the despair 
that was coming their way. But now Timothy had in verse six, but now Timothy has just returned, bringing us good news about your faith and love. He reports that you always remember our visit with joy and that you want to see us as much as we want to see you. So we have been greatly encouraged in the midst of our troubles and suffering, dear brothers and sisters, because you have remained strong in your faith. It gives us new life to know that you are standing firm in the Lord. I never understood, because we grew yeah. up in the church, right? We've been sh- shared with you guys. I mean, we both grew up I Christian think I know families, where you're going Christian with this. schooling. I mean, as, as churchy as you could possibly get without literally being the child of the pastor, like, that was pretty much us. And I never understood until the past few years that we have come into ministry and doing this, how okay i hate like trying to find the right way to say this because i understand like when you know people that are unbelievers there is that sadness especially you know if somebody passes and you know they're unbelievable you know what i mean like there's so many ways that it's like man that really stinks i really wish you knew the lord like there's that level of it but when you see paul talk about this here it gives us new life to know that you're standing firm in the Mm -hmm. Lord. Like I never truly like grasped the totality of that, that line there until you are in this area where this is what you do. This Mm -hmm. is your focus, you know, and for us ministry is what has kind of got us here. And I totally know exactly what he means when he says that because it's true the new life that when somebody we can be dealing with the worst struggles i mean just cruddy cruddy stuff financially uh spiritually and all the things that we're dealing with with work with because this is our work you know with everything but to hear from someone who is standing firm in their faith. They have been encouraged. We've been able to help. They've come to sure, the Lord. Sure, the Lord, Lord has I mean, been it, able it, to speak through us Yeah, to like them. whatever the, the aspect is. It does. Is. It gets you. It can It can literally make your day. It can turn a horrible and day. Because and because this is a family ministry for us, like, I mean, you guys, we update our kids. Our kids mm-hmm. are praying. They want to know this how everybody's fam- doing. Right. Like, we so are all, our whole household yeah. is invested in this ministry. And so this can literally change our household sure. around, you know? Yeah. And, 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 it's, and it does. It's this is so really, we're neat. really emotionally yeah. connected with our, our church family. Absolutely. In this way. And when, yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I, I never knew what this meant until this point. But yeah, I mean. Like you it, figured it was just it, something because like Paul's an apostle, so yeah, like he gets happy, this cool thing or something. That, like you okay. know, the, these are his. These are he views these like his children. Yeah, because obviously, like you want other people to come to Jesus. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, that's what you want. But to see this, like how this is such a big deal, and he's so invested, it's like I totally get it now. I totally get it. Um. Now, yeah, we're gonna be getting into the fun chapter here, going into four. But let's close out uh, chapter three here in verse nine. We'll pick back up. How we thank God for you. Because of you, we have great joy as we enter God's presence. Night and day, we pray earnestly for you, asking God to let us see you again, to fill the gaps in your faith. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus bring us to you very soon. May the Lord make your love for one another and for all people grow and overflow, just as our love for you overflows. May he, as a result, make your heart strong blameless and holy as you stand before God our Father when our Lord Jesus comes again 
with all of his holy people. Amen. Okay, the last verse there, um, uh, there, which there's a lot there that Paul said. Um, yes, we think we definitely thank God for all of you. We have great joy. Um, gaps in your faith. I mean, any any little encouragement, any little question, any little trip up that you're having, these are what gaps in the faith are. And uh, I thank God for the opportunity to be able to help. And, and I encourage any of you to, to contact uh, us at any time. You know, if there's any, any gaps that we can, we can help fill, we definitely will. Uh, but going back in verse 13 here, when Paul says, May he, as a result, make your heart strong, blameless, and holy as you stand before our God, our Father, when our Lord Jesus comes again with all his holy people. This is a one of the verses which we've been I've been asked to do and I will um maybe even tomorrow we'll try to get it done. Um but the differences between the rapture and the second coming. This is a very, very important uh difference here that we have to pay attention to because it seems like uh Paul's speaking about the second coming here, but he is coming with all of his holy people and we are standing in front of him when he comes so that is the rapture there because we are standing in front of him strong blameless and holy the second coming is coming in judgment with all of his holy people this verse here in 13 we have standing in front of him being strong blameless and holy we were go on here to read in chapter four and paul explains a little bit further but remember and hang on to verse 13 here with the coming of our lord jesus with all of his holy people and again we'll, we'll get to that in around it verse 13 so but we'll start in verse one in chapter four now Finally, dear brothers and sisters, we urge you in the name of the Lord Jesus to live in a way that pleases God, as we have taught you. You live this way already, and we encourage you to do so even more. For you remember what we taught you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. God's will is for you to be holy, so stay away from all sexual sin. Then each of you will control his own body and live in holiness and honor not in lustful passion like the pagans who do not know God and his ways. Uh, remember, we are, this is an instruction to live a life for Christ because it goes against the world. So he instructs the believers and reminds them that we live completely different lives. We live and we go on and we'll, we'll read on here. We go on to live simple, quiet lives. But to go out and be a light so people will see by our lives what we are all about. But we are called to be different. This is why the Jews had so many laws in the Old Testament. Amongst many reasons, one of them 
was to completely set them apart from the rest of the world. And they looked different. They worshiped different. They had a different God. Everything was different. This is the reflection of, of the church in the way that we live our lives. And this is what separated the Jews apart from the other nations and made people realize around them that, hey, these people are different. They do things different. Their God is different. It was to, to make other people see. Uh, it's the same thing with our instructions. We are to be a light in the world, but to live a simple life. And we are not bound to any Old Testament law or anything. I was making the example there of being set apart because that's what the purpose, part of the purpose was. He continues on to explain one of the most important issues that he knows that we will deal with in our Christian lives, whether that be, you know, out in the world, whether that be obviously inside of our own personal lives, what these things, whatever. This can go across pornography, all kind of sexual sin fits under this. And... This is not to set anybody out or to, to, to just focus on one group or, or one specific sin. But obviously this is a very, very large part of the world that we live in today. So warning to stay away from this. And then being, as I've said before, in the hotbed here of apostasy... Like Vegas or, you know, um, New Orleans. You think of these types of New York, these types of cities. Um, knowing that those those uh, those temptations and those, those things are, are all over the place. So warning believers of these temptations and reminding them that this is going to be part of your life. Stay far away from it. So continuing on in verse 5. Or, I'm sorry, 6. Right? Never harm or cheat a fellow believer in this matter by violating his wife. For the Lord avenges all such sins, as we have solemnly warned you before. God has called us to live holy lives, not impure lives. Right? Verse 8. We have got to pay attention to this this is where you pull out your highlighters and circle these types of words this is a real big one therefore that's your big word in verse 8 there therefore anyone who refuses to live by these rules is not disobeying human teaching but is rejecting god who gives his holy spirit to you the weight of that that end of that there who gives his holy spirit to you you need that spirit to live yeah you need that spirit it's to escape the judgment that you deserve so if you refuse god you are rejecting this life-saving spirit that you need well, and how often do we talk about these things and pull out things and people want to argue rules and interpretations, these things. And it's like, no, no, no. Because at the base of all of this, when you refuse to live by these rules, and you're what rejecting are, God. What are these rules? These rules are to live a quiet, holy 
life. Yeah. Serving exactly what Paul is saying here. And to control our own bodies, to live in holiness, honor. To not be in love with the world. I mean, it's really clear what this life what should these, look like. What these rules are. Exactly. And they're just, they're just God. I mean, they're just teaching. They're not any types. They're not any kind of rules. Well, and like we've said before, it's not that it's this list of good and bad and you've got to live by all these things and it's you know so difficult to do no. all of this or it's a very bad idea to violate a neighbor's wife well that's like we talk <laughs> about all yeah like we talk about all the time if you say that you truly love me as your wife but sure. yet you beat me you yell at me all the time you cheat on me you're awful to me i mean you do all these things you don't actually love me mm -hmm. because you're awful you're showing that you hate me so if you truly love me as your wife, you will do, you know, kind, loving, husband-like things sure. to me. It's not because you have a checklist of every day I have to make sure Heidi well, no, gets this, this, and this. No, I love you, and so naturally these I are the I love you, and I have the this. spirit. Right, this is the yeah. fruit of the spirit. But it's the same thing here. It's not that we have this big list we have to walk around every day going, oh, I hope I check off all the boxes today. No, right. I, I love God, and so I serve, and I love, and I do the things that he finds good, not detestable, and, you know, I love others, and I shine the light of Christ, and these are the things I do. Right. He is. He has forgiven us from these types of sins. I mean, even these, you know, he is saying that we, we live in holiness and honor, not in lustful passion like the pagans do. He, we go back, and Paul also says that some of you were these some of you were these people who did these things but you have been forgiven you have been washed clean we're moving on now now this can't define any part of your christian walk life or anything that comes from you know it, like your fruit will not produce any type of immorality anything unholy anything like that and again just basic good principles to live by, you know, things like not cheating a fellow believer by violating his wife. Is it Todd Friel who does that? Who he goes, what what commandment is it that you find so oppressive? Not sleeping with your neighbor's wife. Yeah. Now, is he the one who does? Yeah. He's like, really, it's yeah. so oppressive. The law is just so difficult. Sure. What part do you find so difficult? <laughs> not murdering people. Is that one just got you down? And again. I know there's people, there's believers out there that have made lots and lots of mistakes. I am right there along with you in all of these things. But that doesn't define you no longer are bound or a slave to those sins. Those sins are completely washed away and you are not defined. You are not recognized. You are not remembered by those sins that doesn't mean that you will not have to live with the consequences of those you might have to every day and what should be is it should bring you to a sense of repentance i think every day that doesn't mean that you sit and and wallow in your in your in your pain and your sin but it strengthens you and it's it turns you so far against it so our lives cannot be full with any any of this type of behavior. All right. 
Verse 9, continuing on, But we do not need to write you about the importance of loving each other. For God himself has taught you to love one another. Indeed, you already show love, your love for all the believers throughout Macedonia. Even so, dear brothers and sisters, we urge you to love them even more. Make it a goal to live a quiet life, minding your own business and working with your hands, just as we instructed you before. Then people who are not believers will respect the way you live and you will not need to depend on others. This, our whole ministry can be summed up by this living a quiet life, minding your own business. This is maintaining until he comes. And it's very, very important here with the next chat, with the next verses that we're getting into, because here we go into First uh, Thessalonians 4.13, which um, some of you may know, some of you may not, but this is, uh, Paul is speaking of the rapture here and explaining to the Thessalonian believers the the hope and the joy that they have in this coming of Christ for his people in this the rapture of his people we have the word caught up used coming up and we'll go through it that is the greek word for harpazo which is caught up which is snatched away it's a violent snatching this is not a common word like many will try to teach biblically saying that this just means caught up emotionally or this just means that's not what this means this is a a actual violent happening um of of like you would think pulling somebody out of the way from an oncoming car Type of like snatching them up. Like if your kid up. went to go running up to the edge of a cliff and you would reach out and jerk Correct. your child back to bring them to safety. That was the It's illustrated the in and also in Paul's catching up to the third heaven when he was given his vision. It's also used in Philip in the Ethiopian eunuch. We also see it in... Enoch in the Old Testament, we see it with Elijah, we see it, and we see many different types of allusions to this. So, I'm getting a little bit ahead, but going back to that, we use this verse as just maintaining until this time. So, other people, and we do the work of Christ and we spread the gospel and we spread love and, and knowledge of Christ and forgiveness of sins while we are waiting for this hope that we have. So verse 13, there we go. And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died, so you will not grieve like the people who have no hope. This idea of resurrect, all this stuff was still new to a lot of these people. They had no idea what any of this was. Paul spent a lot of time with them and was able to teach them many things. So now, I mean... The Thessalonian believers knew exactly what this was. They knew exactly what what they were talking about. And, and even many believing Jews could fit this right in. And they understood this perfectly. But for the most part, 
the 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 surrounding area and and most people this this idea was new to them so they weren't really sure what was going to happen in this process of okay like how how does this whole kingdom thing come again like i got the basic idea but how does this work like wait a minute we're gonna we we're not destined to rat so paul just is kind of ironing ironing this out for them because they as they do have knowledge they're still a bit um worried and concerned about specific issues how they're going to work out so i'll I'll go ahead and start 13 again but and now dear brothers and sisters we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died so you will not grieve like the people who have no hope for since we believe that jesus died and was raised to life again we also believe that when jesus returns God will bring back with him the believers who have died. We tell you this directly from the Lord. We who, and this is something that has not been revealed to before. This comes from Paul. He says, we as in, this is a teaching that Paul taught directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. Many people think that Paul is talking about we as in we in this generation that I'm speaking of. But that's impossible because he tells them later on that there's still many things that still have to occur. However, there's a coming of the Lord that is imminent, which is the rapture. But there's still a bunch of things that still have to happen. So Paul wasn't expecting that this was going to happen in this generation. He was speaking of the Christians that will be around during this time, which those Christians will be changed. Okay, we won't, they won't, they won't die. It's a, it's a mystery. It's, it's whatever generation that is. I hope to God it's us. I truly believe in my heart. It's, it's in, we are in the season and the time and the season of this and it could be uh, who knows it could be a hundred years from now um but whoever whatever group of people that is alive when this time comes we will be changed and that is that is the rapture but we will not be changed ahead of those who have already died those who have already died in christ will be raised first and then we will go and meet them and be with the Lord together. It's it's a it, it's it's basically saying that hey, we are not going to surpass them. Don't worry about them. They're going to be just fine. <laughs> that matter of fact, they're going to go before you. Like you don't quite understand this, but they're going to go before you, and then you'll go. All right, we're gonna continue back on in sixteen here, but sixteen. This is a um, this is another difference and i'm going to do a podcast on this so just if you're interested stay tuned uh soon but the difference is between the second coming and the rapture and this is one of these things that separates those two things for the lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet call of god first the believers who have died will rise from their graves then together with them we who are still alive and remain on earth, whoever that generation is, that does, Paul is not, again, Paul is not speaking 
of his generation, just whoever it is, he's giving them encouragement. Hey, if it's us, he's speaking in an imminent sense. Yes, if it's our, don't worry about it. The tribulation and everything that you're going through, guess, and, and everybody that's died, guess what? Don't worry about it. We're going to be, the Lord himself is going to come and call us up. And we have, well, you know what? I'll, I'll go ahead and read 17 again since I stopped there. It says, then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on earth will be caught up. That's where people say that rapture isn't in the Bible. This is where we get the word rapture was caught up. <clears throat> in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words. That is your main key, that we will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. When the Lord comes for the second coming, he is coming on earth in judgment. He will step foot on the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem during the second coming. This is not stepping foot on earth. This is descending from heaven and calling up with a shout and meeting the Lord up in the air and being caught up to being with the Lord. This is the rapture. This is not the second coming. This is the rapture. This is an encouragement. We encourage each other with these words because we go back to... <clears throat> Chapter 1 that we read, and if you haven't listened to our Thessalonians 1 and 2 that we just recorded, please go back and listen to it. But in chapter 1, as we speak, 1.10, And to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. So it's an encouragement that we wait from his son from heaven that rescues us from the wrath to come. That's what Paul is speaking about here when he is speaking about encouragement. If we had to go in, in, in through any kind of tribulation period, that would be any kind of encouragement if we knew that this is his good as it was going to get for us here, that wouldn't be any kind of encouragement. The encouragement is in living a simple, basic life for the Lord with the hope and the expectation that you could hear this shout, this trumpet call any minute. And we have got to remember and not lose these words because these words are an encouragement. I have heard so many teachers who I, I really respect and I really am in line with re Reformed theology. I really am in many, many different ways. But a lot of these Reformed theologians are, are growing very hostile towards legitimate 
understood doctrines. And doctrines like the rapture are being attacked from all different angles. And it's being misrepresented. It's being made fun of. And it mostly comes from the hands of well-respected teachers. And this is a concern because I've, I've read comments before that most people haven't heard these things now that, that these, these people are saying. Some of these people are saying that there's no such thing as the rapture. There's no such thing as, as you just being zapped out of your shoes, they'll say. And, and you know, this, this perfect utopian kingdom that he's bringing, there's no... No, he brought all that. It happened in 70 AD. The kingdom is now. Get over it and do better. And I've, I've, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of unfair representation of it, but that's basically the, the ignorance that's come out of it from that side has, has turned out what that, what, what is, we're represented as now. And I've, I've seen people say that, you know, I feel like you've sucked the hope right out of me by, by these teachings. And when we're removing hope in our teachings, that's not an encouragement. That's not an encouragement at all. It's fine if we have a different way of how we're going to get there, but you, there's no need in, in making fun of somebody or removing somebody's hope. I think there's harmony in whether or not you hold to a rapture doctrine or not. There's harmony with somebody that holds to what we call covenant theology, which they deny a rapture. They deny anything to do with Israel or anything like that. That's fine. We believe in the same Christ at the end of the day. We just, how we're going to get to him is, is what we have differences of opinion on, but we believe in the same one. So there's harmony in, 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 in our duties as Christians here on earth, even here and now. I mean, we should have the same type of lives. We should have the same type of goals and the same type of, uh, of things in common, even if we have completely different views. We have been blessed in our home church to have people that do not hold to this theology, that disagree with this. But guess what? We can talk, we can be side by side, and we can love each other as, as, as brothers and sisters in the Lord. Absolutely. And, and we, can, we can move forward and we can strengthen each other and we can e e encourage each other in different ways, even if we, we disagree on this. But this is a really important doctrine for many, many people. And I think it's an important doctrine for, for everybody. Um, it's not a salvation doctrine it, by any means. I mean, just because you don't believe in the rapture does not mean that you're, you're not saved. Just because you do believe in the rapture does Doesn't not mean, mean you're you saved. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, you know, it's, it's, it's not a salvation issue at all. Um, but as I've said, it's, it's something that's been misrepresented, um, Unfortunately, it it's it hasn't been taught. It's had many black eyes, um, and I say black eyes. I mean it's been many embarrassments to um, its its honest belief system and and people that have date set and and made crazy claims about the tribulation period and and different the you know it it's been crazy, but. All that said, I don't, this, this just needs to be taught and this needs to be encouraged. And we are blessed with, um, a ministry that we are 
fully in line with with rapture awareness and their whole deal is to make sure that they spread exactly rapture awareness that they're fantastic that this is a a true biblical doctrine it's not just some hocus pocus weird made up thing by john nelson darby and the (laughs) you know it's so so silly when people say that it's i mean again yeah it really is silly because and stay caught up is is dot com is their website is their website stay caught up and I'm going to go ahead and we'll, since this one's went a little bit, we're going to go and finish. I'll have one chapter for you all tomorrow. We'll do chapter five to finish it up. But <clears throat> pull tight to this, this teaching, this hope, this encouragement that Paul gave us here. Let's hold tight to this and encourage each other with, with it. Just like we're told to. Just like we're told to. But in the meantime... We live quiet, simple lives, work with our hands. We do the work of Christ. We know what that looks like. We know what that is. We know that we serve people. We know that we love everybody and do good to all. We know that we are to be a light in the world, that we are to make a difference. We don't seek to overthrow Rome. But we still look different and our actions are different. And we are different. So until then, this is where we get. Maintain it until he comes. Until that exciting, awesome day that we will be caught up and being being able to stand in front of our Lord and Savior and and finally be victorious in this race. So encourage each other with these words. Thanks, everybody. Sorry it went a little bit longer, and we'll do Chapter 5 tomorrow. Awesome.